0: You're listening to the Fuck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: The Walt Disney Corporation has been vocal in its opposition to Florida's parental rights in education bill. Their opposition could just be chalked up to corporate virtue signaling, but a recently leaked video from a meeting about the bill shows the degree to which sexuality and gender theory have become an obsession for those working behind the scenes and at the very top of the House of Mouse. We have the videos for you and my reaction in tonight's Hold the Line. Welcome to Hold the Line. I'm Buck Sexton. They oppose the parental rights and education bill. That much we know. They call it the Don't Say Gay Bill. They had to come up with a new name for it because if people just read the bill, they might say, this doesn't seem extreme at all. But now we know this isn't just the company best known for creating timeless, classic, family-friendly fare, whether it's Sleeping Beauty or Aladdin or you name it. Obviously, Mickey and Minnie Mouse. No, now this is a company where they don't just bend the knee to the wokeness. They are taking orders at the very top from woke corporate officers. Now, there are a bunch of videos that have come out, and hat tip to Christopher Rufo for finding and sharing them online. Videos from inside a Disney all-hands meeting about the parental rights bill. And this is some of what you see here. Here's Disney corporate president Carrie Burke, who has promised, quote, more queer leads in Disney stories. Watch.
4: We have many, many, many LGBTQIA characters. In our stories, and 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 yet we don't have enough leads um, and narratives in which gay characters just just get to be characters, um, and and not have to be about gay stories. And so um, that's been very eye opening for me. Um, and and I I can tell you um, it's something that I feel perhaps had this moment not happened. Um, I, as a leader, and me as my colleagues, would not have focused on, and and going forward, um, I, I certainly will be more so. I know that we will be, and um, and I hope this is a moment where, shoot, um, the fifty percent of the tears, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> are coming. Um, uh, we don't, we just don't allow each other to go backwards.
2: Here you have the chief, the president of content entertainment at Disney, a massive and storied American company that's created some of the most beloved programming, particularly for families and children of all time, saying, you know, it's really time to have more LGBTQIA lead roles as part of, let's be honest here, a political agenda to push these ideas, to push ideas of transgenderism, for example, on kids, because that's what this is really about worth noting that Burke claimed in the video as well that she is the mother of one transgender child and one pansexual child, which I'm sure was a uh, term that got a lot of Googling today. Pansexual? What the heck is that? 99.9% of Americans thought. But remember, Disney thinks that this is completely normal. In fact, this should be celebrated, that pansexuality is something your child should know about and perhaps consider down the line as they become adults for their own possible gender identity uh, or their their gender preference in seeking a partner or or whatever. And then there was this executive producer Latoya Raveno saying her team has implemented a quote, gay agenda and is regularly quote adding queerness to children's programming. Watch
3: the showrunners were super welcoming Meredith Roberts and like the the, our leadership over there has been so welcoming to like my like not at all secret gay agenda and so like i i feel like i felt like it was i mean like maybe it was that way in the past but i guess like something must have happened in the last like like they are turning it around they're going hard and then all that like momentum that i felt like that sense of i don't have to be afraid to like let's have these two characters kiss. Let's, in the background, this are, like I was just wherever I could just basically adding queerness to like the, if you see anything queer in the show, around them. But like, I, I just was like, no one would stop me and no one was trying to stop me.
2: Huh. So this is the Walt Disney Corporation and they, as you see here, are having this meeting because it's not that they really think that you can't say gay as a result of the law in florida that's just the that's the propaganda talking point that's just what they say to justify the hysteria to mobilize people to turn people against this and to create the perception that if you support this bill which by the way 52 percent of democrats let me repeat of democrats in the state of florida support the parental rights and education bill and huge majorities of republicans do so here we have a moment where you'd say, wait a second, this isn't just about the, uh, the lie of the don't say gay bill. There really is an agenda, and Disney is pushing this agenda in every way that it can, that your children should be exposed to very complicated and often politically divisive gender theory, things like pansexuality, cisgender, heteronormativity, etc., all these concepts. Should be things that little kids, we're not talking about adults here, folks. Little children should be seeing in their programming. Brainwash them, get them while they're young, it seems, is the Disney mantra about this. Here's Disney production coordinator Alan March saying his team is committed to, uh, quote, exploring queer stories, and he's created a tracker to make sure there are enough gender non-conforming
1: characters.
4: I've had the privilege of working with the Moon Girl team for the last two years, and they've been really open to exploring queer stories. And part of, I'm on the production side, uh, part of uh, the work that I feel like I can put in is um, making sure that we take place in modern day New York. So making sure that that's like an accurate reflection of New York. So I put together like a tracker of our background characters to make
5: sure that we have like the full breadth of expression, especially with like trans characters, you can't see if someone is trans, there's not one way to look trans. And so kind of the only way to have these like canonical trans characters, canonical asexual characters, canonical bisexual characters is to give them stories where they can like be their whole selves.
1: I mean, there's so much going on here, Um, but
2: let's just go back to this for a second. You know how they used to start out ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls in theme parks? You know, they'd have people in Mickey Mouse costumes, you know, announcing this. Well, their diversity and inclusion manager, Vivian Ware, has announced that because they want to be more inclusive, they'll no longer say ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls because, you know, there are other options out there. Watch.
0: Last summer, we, we removed all of the um, gendered greetings in relationship to our lives fields, so we no longer say ladies and gentlemen boys and girls um, we we've trained we, we've provided training for all of our our cast members in, in relationship to that so now they know it's it's hello everyone or hello friends we we are in the process of changing over those those recorded messages and so many of you are probably familiar when we brought the fireworks back to the magic kingdom we no longer say ladies and gentlemen boys and girls we say dreamers of all ages we don't want to just assume because someone might be Um, in in our interpretation, maybe presenting as female that they may not want to be called princess. So let's think differently about how do we really engage with our guests in a meaningful and inclusive way that makes it magical and memorable for everyone.
2: Uh, It's really just stunning stuff, isn't it? This is Disney, this is the leadership of Disney. These are the people that are making determinations about this uh, company. And you see the agenda very clearly at work. We're not exaggerating the agenda, it's very real. And this is also why Disney has canceled Disney uh, or boycott Disney trending today. All right, we'll continue to talk about this coming up here in a moment with my friend Rob Smith of The First TV. But first, you know, we're living in chaotic times, and identity thieves abroad in particular love all the chaos. American homeowners are a big target for criminals. And it's not just your credit cards and bank accounts they're after, that's small time stuff. These hackers want your home. Crime is home title theft. It's exploding in the U.S. And no, you're not covered by homeowners insurance or common ID theft services. The problem is the title to our homes are kept online. An identity thief knows his big payday is as easy as forging a signature stating you sold your home to him. Now he'll take out loans after uh, your home, on your home, and you won't know until the collection calls start and you get an eviction notice. How do you protect yourself from title theft? Go to your county recorder's office every day, check the home's title, or... Just register your address now at HomeTitleLock.com. See if you're already a victim. This is how we protect our most valuable asset, our homes. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. Again, that's HomeTitleLock.com. The First TV's Rob Smith stops by when we return. There's a battle going on right now that may be the most important fight our country's had since the Revolutionary War. Once again, it's about our freedom. People like you and me are being canceled. Our speech increasingly censored by big tech and corporate media. Can't let that happen. Time to fight back. Please stand with us and support The First TV. Be a part of our team dedicated to preserving the very essence of who we are,
5: free Americans.
0: The hashtag
2: BoycottDisney was trending on Twitter today after videos of the company's all-hands meeting about the Florida parental rights bill leaked online. Videos featured employees discussing sex and gender in Disney programming and one company executive saying she wants half of all characters to be LGBTQIA+, or minorities, by the end of the year. Earlier this week, Disney published an open letter in which the executive promise, executives promised to work for the repeal of the bill, which
1: prompted this response from Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. For Disney to come out and put a statement and say that the bill should have never passed and that they are going to actively work to repeal it, I think, one, was fundamentally dishonest, but two, I think that crossed the line. This state is governed by the interests of the people of the state of Florida. It is not based on the demands of California corporate executives. They do not run this state. They do not control this state. Amen
2: to that. Joining me now is the founder and president of the Douglas Society Mr. Rob Smith. Rob, good to see you.
6: Good to see you, Buck.
2: I mean, I just saw the governor last night here in Tallahassee. We had dinner and uh, we're talking about this, and he was on uh, Tucker's show last night as well talking about this issue. It's amazing to me. I shouldn't say amazing. Um, it is noteworthy, certainly, that uh, the theme park operator uh, operators here of Disney in Florida seem to think that they get to call the shots. The governor is telling them not so fast. Yeah, and you know, look, good for Governor
6: DeSantis for standing up to these woke corporations. You know, we have this conversation a lot about these corporations. And at some point, they're gonna have to realize that the woke Twitter mob doesn't represent the vast majority of the American public. And when it comes to the parental rights and education law, there's this really interesting poll that um 57%, and this is of registered Democrats. In Florida actually agree with this law, so when they're open and honest with people about exactly what this law says, most sane people, whether they are you know heterosexual or, or sane gays and lesbians, if there's a few of them left, um, agree with what this law is saying. So I think what we should be asking ourselves is why are all of these alphabet soup activists, some of which who have obviously infiltrated the uh, executive board and a lot of the creative people at Disney, why are they so obsessed with the idea? of inserting the far left alphabet ideology into programming that is geared for children. Why is the left so obsessed with teaching five to nine year olds, and this is what we're talking about when we talk about this bill. We are talking about five to nine year old children. Why are they so obsessed with teaching them um, far left alphabet soup ideology? Why are they so obsessed with teaching them 100 genders? And yet another uh, Disney diversity person, whatever was caught on another one of these videos, talking about her pansexual and transgender child. I mean, This is utter lunacy and good for Ron DeSantis for standing up against it. This is what I really do think. I think that there's gonna be a lot of lip service from Hollywood and the left and a lot of these activist organizations. But I think if Disney really wants to stand up against this, I really do think that they will lose. And like I said, good for DeSantis for not backing down. And I wanna make one more point. I don't wanna go go off on a tangent for too long. Go for it. this is one of the rare occasions, and this is why Governor DeSantis is so good, that the left is actually responding to legislation that was passed by a Republican, except you know, instead of us, always um, responding to things that the left are putting forward. They hate Ron DeSantis because Ron DeSantis plays offense, and offense is how you win the culture war. So every weak sauce, Republican governor, um, including that uh, that Republican governor that sort of vetoed uh, this women and sports bill that came up a couple of weeks ago. So every weak sauce Republican governor across this country needs to be taking notes from Ron DeSantis because that is what we need moving forward.
2: Speaking of Ron DeSantis, he also pointed out that somehow Disney is so upset about this bill, but as it was passing through the Florida legislature and as this was being publicly discussed and debated in the Florida State House,
1: they didn't seem to care at all. Watch. I talked to the Speaker of the House yesterday afternoon, and he said Disney never called him while they were putting this through the House. They didn't seem to have a problem with it when it was going through. If this was such an affront... Why weren't they speaking up at the outset, and yet they won't? And then for them to say they're going to actively work to repeal substantive protections for parents as a company that is supposedly marketing its services to parents with young children, uh, I think they crossed the line.
2: Ron Santos not pulling any punches there. It is interesting, though, isn't it, that the activists name it the Don't Say Gay bill, which is not in the bill. In fact, the word gay doesn't even appear in the bill. So how could you ban the word gay if it doesn't actually show up anywhere? Uh, but beyond that, Rob, it seems like the activists of the LGBTQIA community on the left got upset and Disney all of a sudden decided this was a big deal. Well, here's the thing.
6: The reason that, you know, there was no issues with this while I was going up to the legislature is because the left had and their activists on the left hadn't had the chance to sort of um, you know, pervert what the bill was and to kind of brand it as something so that they can launder this stuff through the mainstream media. What happened was that, you know, like you said, gay is not in the bill, and we've been talking about this for the past couple of weeks. But what happened is the far left alphabet soup activists, you have to understand that there are no gay and lesbian, pro-gay. lesbian organizations in this country anymore. These are all trans organizations, and these are all QIAT alphabet soup organizations that have very little to do with the lives of actual gay and lesbian Americans, right? So they found out about this legislation. They said that we are gonna brand this bill as this, we're going to lie about it, and we are gonna launder that lie through the mainstream media who dutifully carries the water for this from the NBC News, to MSNBC, to the Associated Press, all of them did this. And by the way, even some conservative outlets, and conservative outlets need to get a little bit better about this stuff as well. And so that is why Disney didn't have an issue with this until it was laundered through all of this stuff. People are lying about this. And then, of course, the far left woke Twitter mob and all of their, you know, alphabet soup woke execs decided to say, oh, this is the next battle. And what you have to understand is that this is all about, and, and Tucker made a really Good point about this. Um, last night, I was surprised that you brought this up because the human rights campaign and all these organizations is generally only something that, you know, gays and lesbians in this country really pay any attention to. Is that these are not gay and lesbian organizations anymore? They are now pro trans organizations and they need something to keep the gravy train rolling. They need for people in this country to continue to be more and more oppressed so that they can launder their donations through the Democrat Party, which is exactly what is going on right now. It is all Fake. It is all ginned up, um sort of outrage, and people shouldn't fall for it. And Ron DeSantis should continue to stand up for it because if he does not back down from this, I believe that he will win.
2: By the way, DeSantis also called out Disney's hypocrisy, comparing their response here to the
1: issue of Uyghur slave labor in China. Watch this. People ask me, you know, kind of about you know their posture on the bill. I said, you know what? If we would have put in the bill that you were not allowed to have curriculum that discussed the oppression of the Uyghurs in China, Disney would have endorsed that in a second. And that's the hypocrisy of this. And, um, you know, we're going to make sure we're fighting back when people are threatening our parents and threatening our kids.
2: Real quick, Rob, Real, real quick, Rob, what do you think? Um, Again,
6: I think he's absolutely right. I know this is sounding a lot like the governor DeSantis fan club coming from one, one end right here. But I'm telling you, he plays offense, and we need people to play offense because let me tell you something. These people, the, the left is losing right now. Okay, so all of they have are these petty culture war issues because their guy in the White House is screwing things up in some very fundamental, fundamental and very easily recognizable ways to average Americans. So all they have are these silly little culture war things, but Ron DeSantis plays offense. He makes it about his citizens, he makes it about the parents, and Disney is just really being put in a bad place. And these far left uh, alphabet soup activists, they're really choosing the hill that they wanna die on is teaching comprehensive sex education, alphabet soup insanity, um, and 100 gender trans radical nonsense to pre-K through third graders. It's absurd.
2: Rob, always illuminating. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, Buck. U.S. Border Patrol is warning that the country is on track to pass one million migrant encounters for the first half of this year, a clear sign the Biden administration has been ineffective, to say the least, in stemming the tide at our southern border. Center for Immigration Studies Executive Director Mark Krikorian joins us next for an update on the ongoing border crisis. But first, I want to talk to you about protecting your online data. A lot of companies promise your privacy is guaranteed, but we know that's not true. That's why you need a new privacy and cybersecurity application tool called Secure. It's spelled S-E-K-U-R. Secure is using proprietary encryption and offering secure instant messaging and email. With Secure, all of your communications based on servers and data centers hosted in Switzerland without using any of the big tech platforms. Privacy is a big issue. Without real security, people can read your emails, messages, even your bank information. Secure will never mine your data, never ask for your phone number. You can send emails to your doctor, banker, lawyer, anyone else with total confidence you're not being spied on by your internet provider or big tech. Secure is your solution to stop the constant theft of your digital identity. It costs only $5 for the messenger, only $10 for the messenger and email combination package. Go to secure.com and take back your privacy today. That's S-E-K-U-R.com. Use promo code BUCK for 25%
5: off. We'll be right back with more Hold the Line. The U.S. Border
2: Patrol chief warned Tuesday that the country is on track to pass a staggering one million migrant encounters for the first half of this year. The crisis at our southern border could get much worse, though, as agents there are bracing for a massive influx if the Biden administration decides to end its COVID policy. Lots to unpack here. Let's get right to it with the executive director at the Center for Immigration Studies, Mark And Mark, thanks so much.
5: Thanks for having me.
2: Mark, seems like the numbers are pretty staggering here. One million migrants in six months puts us on track to shatter, it seems, every border crossing apprehension record at the southern border for, what, over 60 years or so? I mean, we'll, we'll put these numbers in context
5: for us. Now, these are historically high numbers. What we're talking about, when you maybe the way to kind of look at it in a more digestible sense is that over the past six months, the border patrol has averaged 5,000 arrests per day on the border. And that um, the uh, Obama's head of Homeland Security, Jay Johnson, who you know, was a Democrat, but he was serious about his job. He said, if you get much above 1,000 arrests a day at the southern border, that starts to get unmanageable. We've been at 5,000 a day for the past six months. And the administration has announced that they're gonna lift a a particular policy, it's in the shorthand they call it Title 42, which lets border patrol just bounce some of those people back with no hearings. Once they get rid of that policy, DHS is actually preparing for a possibility of as many as 18,000 arrests a day, triple what they're dealing with now. And even if it's only double, it's already completely unmanageable. Uh, any increase will make will essentially erase the border.
2: I want I want to ask you more about Title Forty Two in a second,
5: but I just want to know, Mark,
2: who is? Man, I was down at the border of McAllen, Texas, uh, about eighteen months ago, if memory serves, something like that. And it was these family units, mostly, that were showing up there—women uh, with small children, sometimes adult males with small children. And and so that was the that was the a big part of the influx, of the five thousand arrests a day this year so far that we're seeing. Are are there a lot of single adult males? I mean, who's coming and how many? And what percentage are being allowed to stay as of now? And we'll get to Title Forty Two in a moment.
5: Uh, Over the past six months, um, the majority, but not that big a majority, had been single adults. But what that means is you've got a huge share of families and um, what's called unaccompanied minors who really aren't unaccompanied. and Sometimes they're not even minors, but that's what they call them. And the fact is that the only people who are being turned away under this Title 42, mostly are single adults. So I looked at it and it was close to half of all the people arrested over the past six months. That's the first half of the fiscal year were in some way or another let into the country. Uh, some of them were detained briefly and then let go. Some were just just plain let go, dropped off at the bus station. Others were these minors who were delivered to their illegal immigrant parents who paid to have them smuggled, delivered at taxpayer expense. So close to half were simply let go. And if this Title 42 change happens, uh, which is supposed to be in May, then the, the majority, a large majority would probably just be let go.
2: And and I'm I'm just it, it's fascinating that this continues to play out. There's so little media attention on this. Um, but let's get to Title Forty Two for a second. Under Title Forty Two, authorities are allowed to turn away asylum seekers as part of an effort to combat the spread of COVID. Earlier today, the White House Communications Director Kate Beddington suggested that Biden is not in charge of his own border policy, saying they defer to the CDC and that the administration has every expectation there will be influx of people to the border when Title 42 is eliminated. Let's watch this, Mark, how do we react to it?
4: This is a decision that we have long deferred to CDC. Title 42 is a public health directive. It is not an immigration or migration enforcement measure. So the decision on when to lift Title 42, we defer to the CDC. That being said, of course, we are planning for uh, multiple contingencies, and we have every expectation that when the CDC ultimately decides it's appropriate to lift Title 42, there will be an influx of people to the border. And so we are doing a lot of work to plan for that contingency.
2: Yeah, that's uh, Bettingfield, the White House comms director there. So what happens when Title 42 goes away, as it looks like it will? You said there'll be Thousands and thousands of people that could come over all at once. There'll be a big surge of, ara- where where are these individuals? who are going to surge across the border. I mean, tell us more about how this is how this is shaping up.
5: They're waiting in Mexico. Uh, some of them, in fact, are they know all about Title Forty Two because the smugglers know more about immigration policy, American immigration policy, than uh, most Americans. And in fact, uh, there's a journalist who uh, is in contact with uh, one of my people who is in Mexico. And he says, every time he t- says that he's a journalist and is interested in immigration issues, whatever, he gets mobbed by people, you know, from Central America, Africa, the Middle East, whatever, mobbed by people who are waiting there for Title 42 to end. And they're like pressing him for information. You know, when's it gonna end? When's it gonna end? I guarantee you that by the time people see this program, Everyone in Mexico who's interested in sneaking across our border already knows the date uh, of when Title 42 will end, end, which is May 23rd supposedly. And I don't believe for a minute that the White House is just deferring to CDC. I mean, if you believe that, I have swampland to sell you because they're ending it on May 23rd, but that's almost the same time as a new asylum rule goes into effect which will, in in essence, allow the uh, Homeland Security to just rubber stamp every uh, supposed asylum seeker We're on the spot, right at the border. Meaning so there wait, won't so tell be us any more about virus. that.
2: That's really that's really noteworthy, Mark. I haven't heard about that. I haven't seen it reported. A new asylum policy goes into effect. Uh, tell us uh, yeah, what this new, is called. How this will work?
5: It's a new asylum rule, which frankly may be. Uh, I guarantee you, it's going to be challenged in the courts, and it may get held up. But instead of having to go to an immigration judge, this rule would let the bureaucrats in Homeland Security just interview you at the border and give you asylum right there without um, the government, you know, any other part of the government presenting counter, countering information. So what that means is, and I guarantee this is the whole point, is to dramatically increase the percentage of people getting asylum and to speed it up so they get it right there. My point is, if you have these people crossing and you let them go, but before you let them go, you give them asylum, they're not illegal aliens anymore. This is the way they're solving the problem by defining away illegal immigration rather than actually protecting the border. Um, With the
2: surge in migrant encounters comes an influx of illegal drugs coming over the border as well. Take a look at these pictures, Mark. Last week, CBP officers in Arizona found over 130,000 tablets of fentanyl hidden inside a crock pot. Uh, fentanyl overdose deaths in the U.S. hit an all-time high last year. I mean, the border is porous not just from an illegal immigration perspective, but also from drug smuggling, isn't it?
5: Yeah, and those are related because, remember, the Border Patrol's job is to stop anything from coming over between those legal ports of entry. Well, Under this administration, the border patrol has been turned into kind of like Walmart greeters where illegal immigrants are coming over. There's a big group. All the border patrol agents on the line have to be taken off to process these people. Well, then there's nobody patrolling the border. And guess what? That's when the cartels move their drugs across, move people that don't wanna turn themselves in, whether they're terrorists or criminals or who knows what. uh, So the point is, these are intimately related. If the border patrol wasn't playing, wasn't on diaper duty with all these illegal immigrants, it would actually be able to patrol the border. Nothing would be perfect, but they'd do a much better job of stopping this fentanyl and everything else from coming over the border.
2: And just so I'm clear, Mark, real quick, I mean, without a change in policy and, and effectively in the enforcement of the law, even if you had sent down, even if we sent down a lot of National Guard, which Biden's not going to do, it would help a little bit with the problem you just addressed about patrolling the border when it comes to crime, uh, you know, to uh, the influx rather of of drugs. But it wouldn't do anything for the people who are
5: apprehended, right? Because they're just surrendering themselves. Yeah, it wouldn't actually help much. I've talked to Border Patrol guys on the border, and they can't arrest anybody really. And even if you know what they do is they basically they're eyes and ears. They have binoculars and phones and what have you. But if there's no Border Patrol agents to respond to somebody that the National Guard sees, it's nothing they can do about it. They're not shooting people. Yeah. So uh, really, the National Guard thing, it I mean, I'm not against it, but there's a limit to how much good it it's does. Mar- yeah, it's marginal,
2: a marginal benefit. That's what I saw when I was yeah. down there, too. Exact same thing. Mark, it's going to be interesting in the months ahead. Appreciate you joining us. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. With crime in the Big Apple continuing to rise, New York City Mayor Eric Adams is calling the city a dysfunctional laughingstock, apparently forgetting that fighting crime is his responsibility. We have more on that with former NYPD Detective Harry Houck when we come back.
5: Don't miss
0: American Scandal, Hunter Biden. A new First TV exclusive special hosted by Buck Sexton. Available right now, only on the First TV app.
2: With New York City crime up nearly 60% from this time last year, Mayor Eric Adams has some harsh criticism for his own city. Adams ran his campaign on the promise to slow down and defeat the crime surge, and yet assault, robbery, and larceny still remain a huge problem today. In a statement by the New York City mayor, he said, quote, anything goes in the city of New York. The most important city on the globe has become the laughingstock of the globe, and the dysfunctionality of our entire city has cascaded through the country. Joining me now to discuss former NYPD Detective Harry Houck. Harry, appreciate you being with us. Hey, Buck, how are you? I'm good. So what what happened here, man? I mean, so all of a sudden the new mayor is figuring out, oh, there is a big crime problem. It wasn't just COVID causing some spike in these numbers and the city's a mess.
7: Well, if you read that article on the New York Post, he claims he's a wartime general now. Well, it looks more like a Russian general is losing to the street thugs. Um, he's a general without air support, superiority, artillery, which means that the perps are released without bail to commit crimes almost instantly. All right, and he doesn't have the courts behind him. So uh, you know, law and order is not a one-way street here. You know, the cops can do their job, but if the courts don't do their job, and these people are released again. They're just going to go get another gun and go and commit a crime. And they're laughing at the police police officers out there who are putting their lives in danger. All right, And the punishment doesn't fit the risk the police officers put into uh, stopping the crime.
2: Week to date, by the way, we've got a, a chart that shows the crime rate in America's biggest city. The percentage rise over 2021. Robberies up 48 percent. Felony assault up 22 percent. Burglary 39 percent. Grand larceny up 33%. I mean, I feel like those, we're we're talking about year over year here, Harry. That just seems staggering to most people. When you've got a 48% increase in robbery, I mean, what is going on?
7: Listen, I spent uh, spent four years in robbery in the East Village in New York. Let me tell you, a 48% increase is astronomical. I mean, a lot of people think robbery is somebody when they break into somebody's home. No, that's when somebody comes up to you on the street, puts a gun in your face or a knife in your face and says, give me your wallet. That's a robbery. All right. And that is that's what's making New York City so damn dangerous, because not only that, when you when you're a victim of a robbery, that you've got a good chance of being killed or shot. So they really need to do something about these robberies and if you don't put people in jail for robbery they're just going to go out there and keep on doing it anytime they want to.
2: So uh, yeah, tell me this, how how can you actually start to turn those numbers around specifically on robbery? I know you said you worked uh, in the East Village of the, of, the, of New York City on that specific issue. So what do you right. do? I mean, when you got you got a robbery problem, the mayor says, "All right, Harry, I want you to run a task force. I want you to bring the robbery numbers way down. How do you do that?
7: Well, based on the environment that we're seeing today, uh, you know, you're a robbery detective. You investigate a robbery, or you go out there looking for robberies in progress. You catch a couple of guys, you lock them up, you put them in jail. You got a good case. What happens is, though, if these guys get out right away, you know, if they're not, uh, you know, if they're not, in, you know, have, have bailed for like a half a million dollars. Uh, You know, these guys aren't staying in. So what happens is these guys go back out and commit another robbery and commit another robbery and commit a robbery. We have revolving door justice like we did back in the early 80s. And we're back to that now. The cops can do only so much, Buck. You know, we can keep on making arrests. We can keep on arresting the guy, you know, five, six times in a seven, eight month period. But if the courts don't keep them in jail, all right, and if, if they don't pay for their crimes, there's nothing. Police can do. It's a joke.
2: Here's Mayor Adams, and I think this was a surprise to some folks that it's already gone to this point. He says that the state level is doing their job on violence, but they need federal help here. Federal government help to deal with violence in the city of New York. Watch this one.
1: We're dealing with a sea of violence, and many rivers are feeding, uh, you know, this sea. We're going to do our job, but we need help on the federal level and um, arming our federal entities to assist. We're dealing with the sea First of all, are
2: are you surprised that he's saying that? What's he talking about? I mean, you must be, wow, what do you think about this?
7: We're dealing with the sea of incompetence based on the Democrats. He's not saying that his people put this... Uh, that the Democrats created this problem in New York. And like I said, you know, it's a sea of incompetence. You know, Back in the early 80s, when, uh, or actually when Giuliani came in, we didn't need the feds to come in to change things. All right, All we needed to do was to be able to have a government that backed the police, courts that backed the police, All right, and we took care of the problem. We took care of it pretty quickly. I don't know what he's talking about and wanting federal aid or federal help for this, because we really don't need it. We need competency is what we need.
2: Do you think that Adams is, he's only in the job a couple of months so far. He's the new mayor. What do you think is his process, his thought process is here? Because he came in and there was a lot of fanfare around how he's going to turn things around. But now it sounds like he's almost surprised to find out what bad shape the city's in, which to everybody's like, you're you're the mayor and you ran for mayor. How is this a shock to you?
7: Oh yeah, you know, I'm shocked. I'm shocked to see that the crime rate is so high in New York, even though I was a cop there for 20 some years. And the fact that the last mayor totally destroyed the city, how is it a shock to this guy? You know, why won't he point the fingers at the city council? Why doesn't he point the fingers at the courts? And you know why? Because they're all Democrats and they're his buddies. He is slowly becoming a politician, a Democrat politician. And if he's so worried about six and seven-year-old kids getting shot out there like happened last week, all right, then you better get the courts behind us and bring in that district attorney and, and give him a good talking to. Because he can put the blame on the courts and he can put the blame on the city council. And that's why the crime is so high in New York.
2: Do you think Harry, going forward this year, it's going to at least start to level off and maybe start to get a little bit better, or do you not? Are you not seeing the moves necessary for that?
7: No, like I said, you know, he's a general without power. You know, he, he, he's out there. Um, you know, we can make all the arrests you want. We can take we can take 500 guns off the street tomorrow. All right. The fact is, you know, there'll be 500 more guns on the street, and they can go out and buy another gun right away and commit another crime uh it's it's becoming lawless new york city and if he don't take it into hand and the city council don't take it in the hand and the courts don't take it seriously i don't see any changes none buck until the courts and the city council and the state are behind him
2: none harry appreciate you joining us thanks for the perspective thanks for having me buck Today, President Biden said that access to monoclonal antibodies isn't partisan, it's medicine. Remember when Republican governors pushed this life-saving treatment earlier this year
5: and Biden revoked its use? What's going on here? We'll get into that and more in Quick Hits. Dr. Fauci is out of hiding and coming in hot with BS like Americans
2: must be prepared for another round of restrictions. Oh, he also said there's no doubt COVID lo- lockdowns worked. Uh, yeah, there's tons of doubt, actually, they didn't work. Totally false, but we'll get into all this in quick hits. Look, I told you, little Tyrant Fauci isn't done with you, and I wasn't kidding. He's now emerging again with the same broken bullcrap ideas. And you see that there's COVID cases, there's this new BA2 variant of Omicron, and cases are rising. Fauci's out there saying Americans need to be prepared for another round of COVID restrictions. Watch.
0: We need to be prepared for the possibility that we would have another variant that would come along. And if things change and we do get a variant that does give us an uptick in cases and hospitalization, we should be prepared and flexible enough to pivot towards going back at least temporarily to a more rigid type of restriction, such as requiring masks indoor. Rigid
2: restrictions like masks indoors, which have never worked. They never work. This guy is a lunatic. What's he gonna say? His entire career came down to this one big challenge and he failed miserably? That he's the worst public health bureaucrat in the history of possibly the world? Not gonna say that, no, instead he's gonna say, do more of what I've already told you even though it didn't work because I said so. Fauci also said this, that there's no doubt that COVID lockdowns worked. Watch this one.
5: Do you think two years on that they were worth it or were they too severe?
0: You know, I don't think we're ever gonna be able to determine what the right balance is. I think the restrictions, if you wanna use that word, which I tend to shy away from, lockdown, there's certainly prevented a lot of infections prevented a lot of hospitalizations, and prevented a lot of deaths. There's no doubt about that.
2: No doubt. No, there's actually tons of doubt because people have done real studies of this, looked at the data, and there has been no discernible benefit really whatsoever from the lockdowns. They were never even full-on lockdowns. They were partial lockdowns. A lot of people were considered essential workers, continued to go about their day-to-day lives and still contract the virus, bring it home to their families, Look at the numbers of infections of seniors, including in nursing homes. Look at all these different things. And to believe that lockdowns work is to live in a fantasy land. And that is what Dr. Anthony Fauci wants you to continue to do. Or you can accept, you can see the reality here, which is that the Fauciites were wrong all along about everything and that they have been absolutely unwilling to be held accountable for those failures. And now they want to do more. They're not done. They want you to suffer more. Mask up, peasant, even though. The masks didn't work and then there's the big lies that are being told by the democrat-aligned corporate media and they well they lied before about hunter biden's laptop and here's uh what the reality is right now the washington post this is their headline here's how the post analyzed hunter biden's laptop two experts confirm the veracity of thousands of emails But say a thorough examination was stymied by missing data. Yeah, this is another way of slow walking toward reality here with the laptop was real. Everything on it. Now they're saying, oh, we can only tell some of it's real. All this stuff on there is real, okay? There's no reason to believe otherwise. They have Hunter Biden's laptop and there's real corruption there. Hunter is under serious federal criminal investigation right now. And there are some people. Who say he could even face criminal charges? It looks like he may have engaged in tax evasion, money laundering, failure to uh, to register as a foreign agent. These are all, remember, that last crime too doesn't sound like a big deal. It's a big deal under Trump. They went after anybody in Trump's orbit for fara violations, Foreign Agent Registration Act. So, will Hunter Biden's son be treated to a different standard of justice? I think we all know the answer to that. Joe Biden says access to monoclonal antibodies isn't partisan. It's medicine. Watch this one.
7: The monoclonal antibodies. Take monoclonal antibodies, for example. They've helped save lives. This isn't partisan. It's medicine. But Congress hasn't provided enough money to keep
2: purchasing these monoclonal uh, antibodies. Remember, there are some Republican governors who are pushing monoclonal antibodies, and Biden actually revoked their use earlier on. Now he's changed his tune on that. No doubt, because, you know, who cares about what actually happened? They've got a narrative to run. That's it for tonight's Hold the Line. The No Spin News is up next. Shields high. There's a battle going on right now that may be the most important fight our country's had since the Revolutionary War. Once again, it's about our freedom. People like you and me are being canceled. Our speech increasingly censored by big tech and corporate media. Can't let that happen. Time to fight back. Please stand with us and support The First TV. Be a part of our team dedicated to preserving the very essence of who we are, free Americans.
0: More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia.
3: He
1: has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny.